Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, good evening, and welcome to the Pugilistic Linguistic Show. I am your host, Michael Foster, the voice of reason in an unreasonable world. And I come to you today, I don't know, but a couple of things on my mind. If you've noticed, if you're a follower, you noticed that I had something else originally scheduled for today. I'm pushed that off to tomorrow. The significance of significant part two, family matters. Uh, I was out of town this weekend. I got back earlier today. And in the drive home, well, I guess it started on the way there. There was a big breaking news. Another email server issue. And I kind of sat back and watched it unfold over the weekend. On the way home, kind of debated what I wanted to do. If I wanted to stick with the significant series or if I wanted to attack the breaking news and its implications or alleged implications and decided on the way home that I was actually going to approach a topic that I talked about uh, on my Facebook page. I titled this The Gangs of D.C. And I kind of touched upon it a few weeks ago, but I kind of want to delve a little further into this. So today's topic is the gangs of D.C. As you all know, in a matter of 10 days, we will elect a new chief executive. So narrowed down to two. There are four in the, in the field, uh, officially running. There's some write-in options, whatever. But we're basically narrowed down to two. One Donald J. Trump and one Hillary Rodham Clinton. There's been a lot of consternation, a lot of hand-wringing about those two choices. The term the lesser of two evils has been bandied about over and over again. And there's just a big uproar. 2016 has turned into the biggest cluster of American elections ever. But see, here's the deal. To that I say, we deserve it. We as a country, as a society, we deserve Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton as our two choices. For far, for far too long, we as Americans have not taken this electoral process seriously enough. Now, what I mean by that is we don't take the process of electing people to represent us seriously enough. See, the thing is, when we put someone in office, and I'm not just talking about presidential now, 
When we put someone in office, we are actually essentially sending people to D.C. who are supposed to represent us, represent what we feel and what we think. And too often that is not the case. The way this is supposed to go is you develop your own value system and then you align yourself with the candidate that closely, that most closely represents how you feel. But too often what happens is we select party and then adjust our beliefs to align with the party we select. And the ultimate result of all that is Donald Trump versus Hillary Clinton. What we need to understand is party is nothing but a gang. The the gangs of D.C., the people we send to Washington, D.C., are nothing but gangbangers. It's us versus them, Bloods and Crips. Folks and vice lords. They're just all dressed up nicely in suits and dresses. But they're gangs. Notice how there are there's no cooperation between the two. It is really all out war all the time between those two groups. The gangs you align yourself with. And we as the American public are, one, caught in a crossfire, but two, are complicit in this gang banging. Why? Because we send these same gang bangers back to D.C. every two years. See, everybody's so up in arms about this presidential election and the two crappy choices we have. And they'd be correct. But the problem is, we keep sending everybody in Congress back. Those are the ones that are putting our nuts in the sling, in a vice. And we send them back there for perpetuity. We send them there forever. Strom Thurmond, who was a bigoted racist senator from South Carolina, he served for some like 60 years. Yet you worried about Obama for eight. But that dude served in the Senate for 60 years, three generations. Served till he was in his 90s. And you have no compunction about that. These are gangs, people. No, this ain't Larry Hoover and Jeff Ford, but these are gangs nonetheless. And we send them back. So I submit to you, yes, on August, I mean, on November 8th, elects, elect the president, put somebody at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. Okay, fine, we have to do that. That's a part of the, the whole deal. But I submit to you that the more important elections are the ones underneath, the ones that you just ignore. The time for straight party voting is done. 
because I don't agree with everything a Democrat says. Hell, I ain't agree with everything my mama said. She gave me life. So why am I going to agree with a whole bunch of folk that I don't even know? The days of straight party voting should be done. No one aligns 100% with everybody in a party. That illusion needs to go away. So I'll say to you, we deserve what we get with those two. Because we have shirked our responsibility for far too long to put better people at the bottom. You hire better at the bottom, you get better at the top. So when you have your state Senate elections going on in your House of Representatives, U.S. and U.S. Senate, when you, gotta, you pay attention to that stuff because those are the ones that ultimately are going to be at the top of the ticket one day. You want better at the top than higher, better at the bottom. Do your research. The American populace at large is lazy. Do your research. Stop being told what to think and how to feel. Do your research. That makes you a more well-armed voter. They're called public servants. Make them serve you. All that being said, let's go back to this presidential election. My feelings about Donald John Trump are well documented. I think the dude is a piece of crap, period. I think the guy does not give a damn about anybody shaded darker than him, naturally. I think the guy doesn't give a damn about anybody that doesn't have enough zeros in his paycheck to compete with him. The man has advocated, admitted to being a sexual predator. The man who said on tape, he just grabs him in the pussy. I don't ask. I just do it, and they let me because I'm famous. For all you apologists out there, the fact that he says they let me because I'm famous is not explicit consent. It's almost like a resignation. I'll just let him do it. Sorry, Donald Trump is not a catch. I have a hard time believing that these women are falling all over themselves to get a piece of him. And then when confronted with all this, he never denied it. He said, because what happens is after he came out and was asked directly, do you do this, whatever, he says, no, I've never sexually assaulted somebody. Women started coming out of the woodwork saying, well, yes, he did. And I didn't say anything until he denied it. As uh, As opposed to denying that he did it, his defense is not that I didn't do it, is that they ain't cute enough. 
But Hillary's the criminal. And here's where, I'm gonna, here's where I want to go next with this. I am not sitting here telling you who to vote for. You vote your conscience, you vote your party, you vote for whatever makes you happy and whatever gets you to sleep at night. That's your business. But what I am going to do is expose the staggering hypocrisy in American politics. Hillary Clinton is a crook. Hillary Clinton is a criminal. And she very, very well may be. I am not going to sit in this chair and act as if she is completely nose clean and this is all a witch hunt. It could be. It could not be. It's not for me to decide. But what I am going to say is this. When the FBI put this books on this email scandal thing back in June, that should have been it. The FBI, part of the Justice Department, they closed the book on that email scandal thing saying, look, it was careless, it was sloppy, but it was not criminal. And people lost their minds talking about this is rigged and this is this and this is that. But I found it awfully funny, not funny ha-ha, funny strange, that when the FBI and the Justice Department was uh, investigating and, and, and adjudicating these high-profile police officer killings that was happening this past summer, last, last summer also, when the FBI and Justice Department closes the book saying there's no wrongdoing, you all took that as gospel. But when we said, wait a minute, there's something more to it, you all say, well, it has been properly investigated, and that's their answer. So why can't, be, why can't that be the answer when you all are up in arms? But let's say she is a criminal. Let's say she must be the best criminal since Billy the Kid, because through all the hours of c- congressional uh, uh, witch hunting and the millions of dollars spent, they cannot seem to find anything definitive to indict her for. Not one thing. And you think, as political as this is, when Congress gets their hands on something and they're trying to destroy somebody, you think if there's something there, they would rip her to shreds. But they can't seem to do it. Trey Gowdy, a Republican congressman from South Carolina who chaired that committee on Benghazi, which is the second thing that y'all love to throw back in Hillary's face. Um, Benghazi, he admitted out of his own mouth it was a witch hunt in an election season. Go ahead and Google his statements on the Benghazi hearings. Trey Gowdy, G-O-W-D-Y, said out of his own mouth it was a witch hunt. And he was the chair of the committee. So Benghazi and these emails, the one-two punch of Hillary Clinton. Uh, This past Friday, the FBI director, who is a registered Republican, says we are reopening the email uh, issue based on some 
emails we found on a laptop that was owned by the husband of one of her top aides. The husband being Anthony Weiner, who can't seem to keep his Weiner in his pants. A part of this uh, scandal, the latest scandal with this dude, him and this 15-year-old girl, they have this laptop that apparently has emails between his wife, and I can't think of her name off the top of my head. I apologize. His wife and Hillary Clayton, who she's a top aide of. Now this reopens the case that was closed in June. Trump jumped all over it. The FBI director came out clean and loud saying we've redone it. But what everybody forgets or what everybody didn't notice that he came out quietly later and said, we're not even sure if these emails are even relevant. We're not sure. We haven't even read these things yet. We're just announcing the fact that they exist. But Trump, Trump, Trump jumped all over it. So, yeah, both both campaigns came out and said, look, look, FBI director, if you've got something, release it. Show it to us. Stop talking about it and be about it. Oh, no, no, we can't do that yet. We have to. Then what you come out with it for then? What did you open your mouth? Why did you open your mouth if you're not ready to defend what you say? Sounds to me like this was done in an effort to potentially sway an election. No, that wouldn't happen, would it? No. But Hillary's the criminal. But they haven't found anything yet. Hillary is vilified because she stayed with her husband after the husband cheated. And here's the kicker about it. And this way, hypocrisy is staggering. Her husband is the lecherous dude. Bill Clinton slept with anything but a pulse. He walked in the room, the fish stopped swimming. Yet she's crucified staying with her husband for whatever her reason is. I said before, look, she stayed with a president that cheated on her. Some of y'all staying with a dude that worked at Kenny's Shoes. So let's not be so holier than thou, shall we? He wasn't even the president of Kenny Shoes. She's vilified for staying with her husband after he cheated on her. Crooked Hillary, they call her. Yet Donald Trump is the adulterer himself. And for the life of me, nobody who supports him and talks about Hillary staying with Bill will open their mouth and talk about how he cheated on all of his wives. He was so bogus that the second wife didn't even know the divorce was coming until he announced it at a press conference. So if Hillary is vilified for staying with her husband who cheated, what do we say about Donald Trump who did the cheating himself? Donald Trump has stiffed American workers by one not paying taxes, which quote-unquote makes them smart. And two, shipping jobs from his own company overseas. 
the exact thing he ran on in the primaries that he railed against other companies for doing, he does it himself. But that makes him a good businessman. That is the excuses given to him by his supporters. He's a good businessman for doing the exact same thing he rails against other people for doing. The hypocrisy is staggering. Donald Trump is being sued for fraud for his Trump University, whose diploma is not worth the paper it's written on. That trial is coming up November 28th. Donald Trump is also being sued in civil court for forcible sexual assault of a 13-year-old. That supposedly happened in the, I suppose, allegedly, I got to say that song gets sued. That allegedly happened in the early 90s with his friend Jeffrey Epstein, convicted billionaire sex offender. That's in December. He tried to get that pushed off to next year. Not going to happen. Yet Hillary's the criminal. USA Today did a expose, did an investigative report, whatever you want to call it, on Donald Trump's legal issues. And they said, by their account, they did this in June of this year, June of 2016. And they said, by their count, over the past 30 years, Donald Trump has been involved in over 3,500 court cases. 3,500 court cases. In 30 years. So doing quick math. 3,030 years. That's what? 100 a year. 100 a decade. uh, 10 a year. 15 a year. 12 a year. so. So on average, he is involved in 12 court cases per year. And this is rough math. Pull out the calculator if you want. Now, he was a plaintiff in 1,900 of them, a defendant in 1,450 of them, and 150 were bankruptcy or third party. He was a part of it somehow. Now, mind you, he's he's filed bankruptcy four times personally. But the general topics of these court cases boil down to a contracts case. Somebody did something. Defamation lawsuits, one way or the other or sexual harassment and or rape. That one struck me funny. And again, go to USA Today. I got it directly from their pages. A candidate for president of the United States has been a party to lawsuits, multiple, whose cases are about sexual harassment, sexual assault, and rape. Go on, marinate on that for a minute. Some of the highest profile stuff was in the early mid seventies when the Justice Department sued him for housing discrimination. Flat out, he settled with quote unquote no admission of guilt, 
Well, no admission of guilt don't mean you ain't guilty. No admission of guilt is I'm going to pay enough money that don't matter if I'm guilty or not. But Hillary's the crook. I heard somebody had the nerve to say, well, he wasn't a presidential candidate then, so that doesn't count. What kind of bullshit is that? Pardon my English. So let me get this straight. I understand past things should not hinder you for future uh, job opportunities. I would hate for something I did when I was 18 to hinder me getting a job at 45. But if I am running for president and I have sexual assault and discrimination in my background, that should probably preclude me from running or at least winning. I don't know. Maybe I'm old school like that. His company has been involved in over 100 tax disputes. As a matter of fact, over three dozen times the state of New York has filed a tax lien against his companies for non-payment of taxes. Yet this is the dude you champion as working for the small man, as as the worker's champion. His Taj Mahal casino just closed within the past month, laying off 3,000 people. This is the business genius that you all want to put in the White House? And again, this is everything I've said about this guy to this point is not hyperbole. It's not how I feel about it. This stuff is actual, documented in black and white. Yet this is the dude you want to champion. He doesn't give a damn about us, y'all. And when I say us, I ain't just talking about black folk. He don't give a damn about us. He is the ultimate showman. This candidacy, and I really believe this from the bottom of my heart, one, his heart wasn't in it to start with. It was to build his brand or rebuild his brand. He tapped into something, a latent bigotry, a latent seething bigotry in this country because they couldn't get a shot off at Barack. So that latent seething bigotry in this country was something that Trump tapped into on accident. Because for somebody who claims to say what needs to be said, that was a big thing during the primary season, too. He says what needs to be said, yet everybody associated with him breaks his neck to backtrack to say that's not what he meant. Well, for somebody who says what needs to be said, he says a lot of stuff he doesn't mean. Awfully strange. People will crucify one candidate. And celebrate another candidate for doing the exact same thing. Hillary may be a crook and a criminal. I'm not saying she's not. But Donald Trump is a crook and a criminal. It's been proven in a court of law multiple times. You all, the supporters, will break your necks to give him a pass. Staggering hypocrisy. Staggering. So, next Tuesday, we put somebody in office. 
It'll be Hillary Clinton. It'll be Donald Trump, one or the other. Um, but the thing about it is we need to focus on this down ballot stuff. Go down ballot. Mark your thing for president, but you got to move. keep it moving. That ain't the only thing, and straight party ain't the way to go. You may ultimately get there, but straight party without knowing what's happening ain't the way to go. So pay attention. Educate yourselves. In the land of Google, there's no reason why you should be uneducated. No, none, other than the fact that you're amazingly lazy. Again, Hillary's the crook, apparently. That sticks with her. Donald Trump is a common man. That sticks with him. I have no idea how that works. Staggering hypocrisy. So, I'm going to cast my vote next Tuesday. Go out and cast your vote. If you don't, you can't complain. But on that note, I'm going to have to bid you a stern adieu. And until next time, as I always say, Take care of yourself, because you all you got. Peace.